Okay, so hi guys, Matty Jackson here, and I'm back with Steve Cole. How are you, Steve? Hi guys. For the uh, second instalment of From Behind the Lockdown podcast, um, just a reminder to check out our website, academynorth.co.uk, and at Academy North One on social media. Today we've got our first guest with us, so you don't have to listen to me and Steve, especially Steve. Um, so we've got a man who scored over 7,000 runs in first class cricket 490 dismissals in 176 games Two stints at Derbyshire as captain And a five year stint at Lancashire Where he holds the highest score for a wicket keeper in a Roses game with 151 So thanks for joining us Luke Sutton Absolute pleasure, thanks for having me on and ha- Hi Luke How's your, uh, we just had a brief chat then But how's your, how's your lockdown going? Uh, yeah, good, good. It's difficult um, it, it, with kids and things like that, and homeschooling. My that is a whole new challenge which we weren't <laughs> expecting. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's just a crazy time for for everyone, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's yeah. really hard to to get our heads around it a lot of the time. And I'm I'm no different to everyone else. I'm just sort of feel like I'm every day is is there's something new or something different to deal with and um just trying to find uh, the routine just, it's going to be a difficult time for sure but yeah. we'll, we'll get there we'll get yeah. through it have you got a new appreciation for teachers anyway <laughs> oh 100 yeah, percent. i mean no it's like i, I just I, I do actually genuinely hope that the you know this whole time has has an impact on the world and we're not just you know more appreciative of teachers but you know doctors nurses yeah you know our our parents um you know it's just the the more important things isn't it yeah we just made made us have to kind of sit back and think isn't it and um yeah so I, i hope it does have a big impact on how we appreciate certain things in life yeah, definitely. So, in these times, we've got one one very important question before we get onto the cricket. And uh, what's your Netflix recommendations? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know I'm, I, I saw something on social media saying today I finished Netflix, and I was like, "Oh my god, that is actually me." I, 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 um, I'm now going back over things I've already watched. That's so I'm, what I'm, I'm now back on all the Jason Bourne films, and, which is, and like I've I've seen a couple of them at least twice. <laughs> um, but no, uh, I'm trying to think. We did. We found a funny. Um, uh, American, uh, what is it? Uh, now I've said that, I can't remember the name of it. Something 99, it's uh, like a sort of office-styled cop. I've been series. watching that. I was watching that last night. Brooklyn 99. Yes. <laughs> That's it, Brooklyn 99. <laughs> oh, my God, that is absolutely hilarious. Steer, you so, onto that? I've not seen that, now. I've been on the footy manager at the moment. Yeah, I've been doing that as well. Again. <laughs> oh, mate, I haven't stopped. Ridiculous one, season after season, here. Yeah, Bro- Brooklyn yeah, 99. Yeah, Brooklyn 99 ago. It's a good binge. You can just keep going, can't you? <laughs> have you listened Hello. to, uh, have you listened to uh, Cra- Peter Crouch's podcast, by the way? No, I haven't. Yeah. Oh, it's mm. quality. Yeah, very good. Yeah, right. So, uh, just a brief one, um, sort of, a few people listening will, will know, but... Um, I actually know Luke um, away from cricket and away from things. Um, I am in recovery and three years sober. And in my early days, Luke was one of the first people I came across who, who really, really helped me with that. And um, you've written a book, haven't you, at the minute, Luke? Uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, I, um, I wrote it. I wrote it last year, actually, but um, it's now out and about. And it was 
yeah, it was a big, big thing for me to to be as really open about everything within my past. Obviously, you're well aware of, but yeah. um, it just felt the right time to put it down in a book. I think you being so open will have definitely helped. Well, I know firsthand other people be so open as well. So I think that is a massive thing. Oh, thank you. Well, I th- you know, it's, uh, as men, we're not always brilliant at talking about things. And, and I think uh, the, the pressures that we that all of us, not, not just men, men and women yeah. feel um, in all walks of life, it, it, it can come out and, and manifest itself in different ways. And, um, you know, mine was this kind of hidden secret around how I dealt with life, which wasn't in a very good way. And, yeah. um, and, it, and it manifested in a really, really dangerous and toxic relationship with alcohol and other behaviors. And, and I just tried to, to, to suppress it until eventually it nearly killed me. Um, and I just think now, if, if, if I don't talk about it, well, you know, there are other people out there, whether playing cricket or, or in other walks of life, who are also trying to suppress it and thinking they can, ha- they can control it all and act. Yeah, actually, they desperately need help. So it's really important to, to, to carry the message. I think. Yeah, I think that's brilliant, mate. Good for you. Um, so we'll we'll move on. When you're not writing books and appearing on podcasts, what else are you doing these days post cricket? Um, so I, I started a business when I was playing cricket, um, which does a lot of different things in sport. Um, my main responsibility is I do, is sports management. So I, I manage a few high profile people within sport and sports broadcasting and um and that kind of keeps my hand in with the game you know in cricket terms game with players who are much better than i i ever was <laughs> so that makes it easier um and just yeah running the business and um i've got two kids and two step kids so <laughs> life is never um you know boring or without uh, things to deal with but um it's all good yeah very good sounds good to me so we will we will move on to the cricket now um you know, sort of just one question before we get into what your best 11 is. Um, yeah. Steve, how would you kind of describe what we do at Academy North very briefly? Um, yeah, just try and facilitate um, kids of all standards, all age groups to have as many uh, different opportunities as possible, really, just from coaching to group sessions, um, uh, tournaments, even tours. Like I mentioned, our last one, going to India and we've been to Dubai and Barbados was planned up until very recent, but uh, yeah, just providing as many opportunities as we can, mate. Yeah, so we, we we just wondered with that, what can you pinpoint something to your sort of first childhood cricket memory that got you going? Um, it, for me, I it was this is going to sound really corny, but um, <laughs> I when I was about nine, I got called together at the school I was at, and they they were putting together the the under tens cricket team. And I'd never played cricket before. I'd not lived in England for very much, up to the age of 10. And, and oh, so I hadn't really seen cricket. And um, the, the master in charge of, of, the, the, of the team said, who, who wants to be the wicketkeeper? And no one, no, one put their, no one put their hand up. And I was like, I didn't even know what wicketkeeper was. I presumed it was the person who kept the wickets. You know, maybe, maybe just looked after them. It was a genuine story. And, Take um, them home with you? And, he's, and he said... And he said, uh, well, there has to be one wicketkeeper in the team. And no, and no one put the hand up. So eventually I thought, well, sod it. If I do it, then I'm in the team. So I just put my hand up. And little did I know that it ended up being my job for the best part of 20 <laughs> that's, years. That's so brilliant. It's mad, really. That's superb. 
Um, so we'll move on to your best 11. Um, so we looked at seeing people doing it sort of at club cricket level, putting their best 11s up on social media, and we thought we'd try and take it up a notch. Now, uh, we could tell you were taking this quite seriously when you asked what format. Um, <laughs> so we like that. Uh, so we should probably loosely clarify we, we went with the most the most talented that you thought. Um, now, you sent that team over and I sent it over to Steve whose reaction was Jesus wept. Um, so we, we, we think this team... Seriously? Yeah, we think it might win a few games. I started doing a little bit of maths on it and it was around about 2,000 international games between them, but it probably should have been more if we go through it. So uh, so who did you have opening the batting for you in this team? So I had uh, Michael Divinuto, the Australian batsman who... Tasmanian and played at Derbyshire and then at Durham won the championship a couple of times with Durham yeah. uh, Michael Divinuto opening with Mal Loy who was my teammate at Lancashire as well um, and yeah if I deal with Michael first he, he was the he and I joined Derbyshire at the same time and yeah. he was he was of the generation of those Australian batsmen who you know were competing with sort of Mark War, Steve War to get yeah. into the Australian team and it, uh, Ricky Ponting and D- Diver was Ricky Ponting's best mate right you yeah. know, and so what you had was you had this crop of Australian players who couldn't get in the international side who were playing you know county a cricket, lot of county games like Darren Lee and Stuart Law and, and Michael was one of them and oh man he was a phenomenal player I'd never seen I'd never seen anyone cut and pull like he does. he could <laughs> um, he, you know he played in a we were in a relatively weak Derbyshire team and, you know, throughout that time, he averaged close to 50 in first-class cricket at a, at a good nick. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable unbelievable slip fielder, a captain, um, just a, a re- <coughs> and, and, and dangerously got a reputation for being a kind of flat-track player. And, he, he, you know, he played at Derby, which was yeah. green, and then he went to Durham and it nipped around. And, and he did brilliantly. Um, a serious player um, in all formats. And um, and now a brilliant coach, but yeah, he'd definitely be there. Okay, I was going to say, then, um, yeah, Mal Loy sorry, as well. Yeah, I was going to say he's in the coaching world now, isn't he? I um, I was actually coached by his brother when I was in Australia, Peter. Do you even know who told? <laughs> yeah, Big Pete, Big Dave. Yeah, and if he's anything like yeah. like his brother, then he must be an absolutely terrifying coach to uh, to have <laughs> in charge. So, oh, I don't think he turned no, out. It was. It was straight, you know. <laughs> uh, you, but like, you know, like most Aussies, he'll tell you it's straight. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, he's he's, he's making a, he's doing a good job at Surrey for sure. And uh, you know, he was obviously batting coach at Australia before he joined Surrey. And Steve Smith and David Warner kind of talk talk him up as you know one that's of the best coaches they work with. So I'd, I'd keep good keep your eye on Michael Dimitri. I suspect he'll. He'll pop up on an international job fairly soon. Yeah, brilliant. And then Mal Loy down the other end as well. Yeah, it was an interesting to choose Mal because we actually didn't get on very well at all. We did. We weren't best of mates. You know, <laughs> right, okay. Kind of a myth of yeah, just a myth of you know you having to be best buddies when you play cricket against each you know with each other. And, and Mal and I definitely weren't like that. We're very <laughs> different people. Um, you know, he was, he's a very, I'm, I, as you know, Matty, I, I'm a complicated person. <laughs> Mao is a complicated person for sure. Um, and, you know, he was 
he was a difficult guy to be in a team with at times. Um, he'd probably say the same about me, by the way. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's okay. I don't, I don't think you would think much of me, but, um, but I, I would have to say, uh, a, a seriously underrated player. So when I first, was first at Lancashire, you know, a lot of people remember Mal for his kind of sweet. Yeah, we thought that. Yeah. Where, you know, yeah, but and and that came on at the back end of my time at Lancashire, really uh, more prestigiously. And actually, I don't think it did his, his game any favours. But early on at Lancashire, technically, he was a brilliant player and uh, a brilliant player of fast bowling, and um, uh, and just uh, you know a, an absolute rock in the Lancashire team. I mean, he, I think in his first season at Lancs, he got five or six championship hundreds. And he's just a, another level. Um, really good player. That, but then he sort of forced his way into the England side, in the one-day side, where the, that, that sweep came out. Yeah. And, and it, he had a very sort of top... His, I don't know if you remember, but his, his top hand was very far around the bat. Right. And, um, and it sort of seemed to mess with him a little bit. And he, he, he wasn't the player anymore. And um, But during that period of time, you know, I, I was going through openers, you know, that <laughs> I played with or against. And... Um, I, uh, he's right up there very underrated player so despite all the international games we've got coming up you've probably got two there who, who had a shout to play a few more than they actually did um, yeah but yeah, yeah so we've got a few coming up I think looking at your number three and four on this list you probably wouldn't have needed much batting after this but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's some good players there, that's for sure. Uh, um, who did I go for at three? VVS Laxman? Yes, it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's all right, isn't he? <laughs> he was all right, yeah. He could play. Um, he was, I had a brilliant... So I'm trying to think which season that was. It must have been 2006 when he first joined us. Yeah. And um, the, thing with, the thing with all overseas players, and, and Shiv Shandapur is, is on, on... And there was the same... You obviously you watch them in international cricket, and I, for instance, I played with Mohammed Yusuf at Lancashire. Yeah, and uh, you know I watched him basically be you know England couldn't get him out bowling underarm overarm sideways. <laughs> they didn't know how to get him out, and he was he was a phenomenal player. When he came to Lancashire, he, he actually wasn't great. He was you know he, he was he wasn't a brilliant player at all. He really struggled with us. Yeah, and. Um, so you never you never quite know what you're going to get and how good how good they are, but in VVS, I mean, he was he was everything that you would imagine he was. He, he technically was a beautiful player to watch. You know, you could really slow his technique down and his foot position and his timing was just brilliant. Um, and he was a real gentleman and a real leader. Um, he in the the last game of the season, I think in two thousand six, where we nearly chased down four hundred and whatever to win the championship at, at the <laughs> Oval. Um, I remember that you know on the final day we needed to check, to get I, I can't remember exactly how many it was four seventeen or something <laughs> like that. And he gave a little speech before the start of play and was was basically like, look, this is possible. This is on. We can do this. And not only did he give that speech, he then went on and scored a brilliant hundred. So he, ba- and, he backed it up um, well. <laughs> he was, huh? <laughs> so he backed it up nice and well as well. Oh, he backed it up proper. I mean, yeah, and he, you know, you hear all the things. Oh, you know, wouldn't have been a good player against a short ball and absolute nonsense. I mean, he was he was as good a player as world cricket has seen. You know, on his day, absolutely brilliant, brilliant player. 
Yeah, well, we looked on um, when we did a little bit of research on him, and his nickname came up as very, very special. Um, so yeah. I think that that's got to be a, you've got to be pretty good to get that nickname. <laughs> yeah, you could probably stick another couple of these in there for me. I mean, he was he was right up there, brilliant. <laughs> and then the uh, the number four wasn't too bad either. Uh, no, Shiv Chandapal. I mean, obviously, um, uh, he, you know, his reputation and his runs um, speak for themselves. Um, but he he was the player who most surprised me of, of all the overseas players I've played with uh, throughout my career. Uh, I remember I, I kind of watched him in that crabby technique and, you know, <laughs> he looked ugly and it was, you know, you did, and when, I remember when he came to Langs and I and we played our first game of Old Trafford. I've got... And it might be Thomas actually. Standing, because he batted at four or five and I was batting at six or seven. So we were always kind of, you know, batting, tended to be with each other a lot. Yeah. And um, I, I remember standing at the other end and, and I watched the first half an hour in batting and I was like, oh my God, he is absolutely brilliant <laughs> and um, he just was so much better than what he looked like he, as in because he looked so awkward it just it, it didn't look right but when you when you're up close to him he was unbelievable he is he played the ball so late so late um and you know he was he was a, <clears throat> a bit like Murali who's obviously also on the team he's a, he's a real sort of cricket geek and um, <laughs> he studied the game and he would tell you everything about you know the delivery that got him out or you know it was, it was like he was a matrix type vision of watching the ball I mean he would tell me things about where the scene was I, I could barely see the ball let alone the scene <laughs> and um, he was just and he hit the ball hard he hit the ball really really hard and yet he didn't look like that on TV you know he's just kind of nudging and nerdling him but yeah, well, we... he was absolutely brilliant, and in the toughest of conditions, he really showed how good he was, and um, he high high class player. You you said it there as well, and we we found that quote that you quoted as the perfect the possessor of the crabbiest technique in world cricket, um, <laughs> and and he played a twenty one year test career, so there's no hope for the rest of us really. <laughs> Mate, Chan Chandapur, what a player! Obviously, scored millions of runs. But it's one of them, Jack, if you're playing league cricket and someone walks out with face paint on, <laughs> like that. takes a guard by hammering a bail in, he's going to get some stick, isn't he? <laughs> You'd think Got so to. normally, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, Got to. That's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, but it shows, it does show, you know, actually if you, if you slow down his technique, even though he'd start off in an odd position, you know, actually when... I mean, the coaching you guys do, you actually watch him in the position he was finally in when he impacted the ball. It was almost perfect. He was he was brilliant. And he was also able to adapt his game. You know, he could score slowly, incredibly slowly at times. Yeah. He could also, in one day cricket, change it around and, and become a very different player. Yeah. So, uh, next up. Stuart, Stewie Law, I think. Yeah, it was. Yeah, Stuart Law. Yeah. So, he... He was a player, yeah. He he was um, he was terrifying. Um, uh, he was a captain. He was my captain at Lancashire for a year or two. A really brilliant bloke. Um, tough, a really tough guy. Played the game hard, um, and he was uncompromising. You know, he he was old school. 
So, you know, if, if he didn't think that you'd played in a particularly good manner that day or, you know, I don't know, you'd back too slowly or you'd, you know, whatever it was, he, he would tell you straight, straight into your face. There was no kind of, I'll do it over WhatsApp. It was, <laughs> it, was it was, uh, it was in the change room without any doubt. And, and he was a bit scary at times. Um, but he, you know, during the, the best example I've got is, is, during my time at Langs, us and Sussex had this kind of massive rivalry. Unfortunately, we normally came second in it. But <laughs> and Mushtaq Ahmed was obviously rampant at that time in county cricket. And Mushi used to describe the the battles between Lancashire and Sussex as the closest to Test cricket he played in outside of Test cricket. Brilliant. And everyone struggled with Mushi to some degree. Everyone, yeah, except for Stuart Law. It was like he was playing a completely different game to, to anything that any else was. It was it was embarrassing at times. Um, and he just, just had a, a, a beautiful balance at the crease, um, hit the ball really cleanly, um, just knew, bat, knew batting really well. He, he was a guy that in a different era could have easily played a hundred test matches, but he was he was battling against, you know, M. War, Steve War. Or Ricky Ponting, it was a tough time to be an Australian batsman. Yeah, it's funny you said that because literally, as you sent me through your team, I was on Twitter and the, and Wisdom did put an article up yesterday on Stuart Law as the man who who only ever had one test innings, scored fifty, and never played again. <laughs> oh, he's got to be yeah. quite quite harshly harshly done by there. But as you say, there was the probably the best batting lineup in in my generation anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But he was a, he was a hell of a player, and I mean, he played till he was. I don't know. He was forty, maybe, um, which is it, it was also a great show of his, his, of his durability. And you know, it's not easy to do, however talented you are, to to, to keep evolving and staying in the game for you know, play for twenty five years. That's that's a good effort. That he, he was a top top player. And then moving on, then we we, we had a keeper in the next slot. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was difficult because obviously I, I was keeping wicket in all, in, when I was playing with all these guys. So, so you're um, in. <laughs> yeah, but I and I battled with it a bit because um, you know in, in my time I I played against. So obviously we looked at the team as people I played with, but yeah, um, we looked at the keepers that I played against, and I played against pretty pretty much everyone from Gilchrist, Healy. Um, Alex Stewart, Jack Russell, Chris Reed, you know, yeah. uh, most of the top keepers, really. Um, but for me, and it, I get it feels slightly controversial, but James Foster was just was the guy I picked. Um, I I had a bit of a kind of wicket keeping crush on James Foster. He was, <laughs> um, he was just he was brilliant. He was as Jack Jack Russell. I I did see Jack Russell drop a catch once uh, <laughs> at, at Derbyshire, and it was like the ha- happiest day of my life. I was like, "Oh my god, Jack Russell has actually dropped a catch." He's it was human. it was unheard of. He was faultless. Um, but he James Foster was like Jack. His same. They were. He's faultless. It was so difficult to find them do anything wrong. They were just made. And James had this rhythm to his wicket keeping. It was almost like it was almost like it was always in a rhythm. It was like in a dance. It was just it looked so stylish, so easy. He could stand up. He could you know he could keep to spin. He could keep to pace. He's brilliant. And um, uh, and also he was a, he was a good dangerous batter, a good batter. 
Um, he's obviously not in the category of, you know, Gilchrist or Stewart for sh- for sure. You know, yeah. not in that level. But in my team that I was picking, there's some serious bowlers there. So it, you know, in my opinion, you're going to need a serious wicketkeeper because these boys <laughs> are going to get a lot of edges and a lot of opportunities. And uh, and that's why I went for Foster. I th- I think he was. He played, he played for England really early, which was probably a bit too early for him. But yeah. he was unlucky not to play a lot more. He was he was outstanding. F- Luke, from the keepers you've played against, who's had the uh, best slash worst chat when you were playing? <laughs> um, oh, oh, that's a good what? question. Um, <laughs> do you know the weirdest one? It was the weirdest guy was Jack Russell. I think it, not not because I, I love Jack and I don't I don't want to say weird in. Um, yeah, we know what you mean. Like, Derogatory, but he he didn't really say anything to you. So you just sort of snort and <laughs> and like like kind of get in your face, and you could you could feel his presence there. It was like it was sort of some, some a weird kind of presence around you. Um, I, I do I remember though playing against Alex Stewart and um, and I in at the Oval and I, I covered over four off Sackling Mushtak, which was um, very rare and. Um, <laughs> As I hit it, he actually said, and he goes, that's a, that was a really nice shot. I, I found it really off-putting because <laughs> I didn't know if he, was, if he was actually being serious or not. I was like, and, and, and because he was a massive hero of mine, I didn't know what to say to him. He <laughs> um, was being serious, but it was actually, in a weird way, the most off-putting sledge that you know, I got. You know, Gilchrist and Healy just would obviously do a pretty Aussie stuff. <laughs> Just right in your face. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, as, as you would expect. But, um, yeah, no, it was, it was actually weird getting a compliment from Stewie. <laughs> so, uh, so so next up, we did absolutely no research on him because we thought you could tell us all about your number seven and the start of one of your bowlers, but he could do a bit of batting as well, Andrew Flintoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't need much of an introduction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just a colossal giant of the game um i i mean he 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 could he could bat and i think batting at seven in that he could probably bat six and fuzzy at seven maybe or you know i he could he fred could really bat but i think with the ball he was he was he was on another level to be perfectly honest and I I played with him as a kid. He was a, year, a couple of years younger than me, and we, you know, he was obviously playing up at yeah. years because he was so good. So we, we were in and around the England setup for quite a while together, and we knew each other. And then uh, when I came to Langs, you know, it, obviously uh, that, that I saw him more and more, and that was off the back of him winning the Ashes, you know, and that infamous series, you know, and two thousand five, um, which yeah. was live on Channel Four. Was that two thousand five? Yeah, yeah. two thousand five. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know he was just—it's like he was just a rock star, you know. In that <laughs> 2006, it was, it was like playing with Bono. You know, he was, was huge. He was just such a big, and I knew him, and I was even a bit starstruck. <laughs> um, but he, for me, he—you know—what you saw in Test cricket was was you know those bowling at Ponting at Edgbaston or Callis. I think it was Edgbaston as well. You know, you, you sort of saw this guy. You could stand up against the very, very best on the biggest occasions, um, but we we played against Somerset at Lang uh, at Old Trafford, and uh, Langer was was captain of um, uh, Somerset. I think it was two thousand and seven, maybe. Yeah. And um, and it was towards the end of the day. I reckon there was about an hour and a half left of play, 
And Langer opened the batting for Somerset with Truscoffic. Not you know, pretty steady <laughs> that'll do. batting. That'll do. And I think we had I think we had Fred and Chappie uh, Glenn Chappell playing. And um Fred just properly turned it up. You know, he 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 saw and he told everyone, like, I'm I'm really gonna turn it on now. And because he because it was Langer and I think he, he wanted to make a point to Langer. And and I was obviously in the best seat. And, yeah. and I remember having a moment watching him bowling at Langer and thinking, I am not at this level. These guys <laughs> are unbelievable. You know, Fred, this is Justin Langer, as good and as hard as he can get. And Fred absolutely terrorised him. And, and, Langer, and Langer didn't take a backward step. He got pinned all over his body. But he didn't get him out and he hung in there and um, it was just it was fast it was ferocious it was relentless it was accurate um, I mean Fred and his pomp especially with the ball was just unbelievable brilliant and, and as a slip fielder you know just incredible incredible pair of hands what he was alright off the field as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well back in my drinking days they did tend to coincide a bit with him but he <laughs> He's joined, he's joined our club, Matty. He doesn't drink anymore either. Brilliant. Best way to be. I think we've all had enough good times. I'm sure he has as well. <laughs> so, so, so moving on, you just mentioned Glenn Chapel. Um, he's, mm. he's coming in next. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he... I just I, some, uh, Lancashire were tweeting today about most underrated players. And, um, and Glenn... Glenn wasn't underrated in county cricket. He, he wasn't. You know, he was known as a top player. But on the international stage, he, he never really... I think he played maybe a couple of one-day internationals, uh, but he never had that opportunity. But, but I, I promise you, having kept wicket to him, and I, you know, knowing Jimmy Anderson as well as I do, and, and uh, I've kept, kept wicket to him, Chappie was right up there, right absolutely brilliant and, and against the best players he bowled and um, he was he was a phenomenal control of the ball and bowled at good pace could bowl pull it back a little bit um, really good control should have played could, you know he easily could have had a career he played 80 test matches and, and, a, and a, similar to um, kind of Fred in, not as good as Fred but Dominic Cork kind of style was dangerous with the bat could hit a really long ball, um, used to come in down order and, and kind of slap it about a bit and, and be dangerous. He, he, he was very underrated bowler. Yeah, he's got 985 first-class wickets, which isn't a bad effort. Is that, is that it? <laughs> just, just, yeah. just, just 985 more than me and you will ever get, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and, and me, don't worry about that. <laughs> So, you, you, funnily enough, you just mentioned Dominic Cork, and he's he's coming in next. Yeah, he he. I played with him at Derbyshire and Lancashire, and a good friend of mine. Um, I, just when I, I it's, as I start talking about, it, I can hear feel myself starting to laugh. Cause he just, <laughs> he's just an absolute maniac, and um, he was but, but brilliant, uh, but just ridiculous as well. I mean, we used to have at Derbyshire. He was the best player by a mile. And um, we used to have team talks, and we'd go like, you know, I don't know, it'd be like Northamptonshire, and, and we'd and we'd genuinely be all sat in a room, and we'd go, okay, uh, right, Matthew Hayden is opening the batting for North Northampton, and Corky just shout out the bat, 
don't worry, I'll sort him out. So <laughs> like, you know, everyone like looking at each other and go, okay, right. Uh, number two, and they go, Mal Loy, and then Corky just shout, don't worry, I'll sort him out. And it's just like the TV teams just became absolutely ridiculous because it was just basically Corky telling us that he would sort them out. But you know what? More often than not, he did. He was, and he, he was a ferocious sledger on the field, but... He picked on the big boys. He didn't. He didn't go. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't one of those sledges who sort of took out the easy pickings. He would target <laughs> the best player in their team, the Hayden or Adam Hollick and him used to have unbelievable rows. Um, and he was just a real competitor, real, real competitor. You know, he was in a sort of similar ilk to Chapel Flintoff type of player, but but he. Whatever, if ever he lacked any kind of um, technical brilliance or a bit more pace, he, he just totally made up for in competitiveness. Uh, and you know, and although I laugh about him, and I've got so, so many ridiculous stories about him, if I was going to war, one hundred percent, I'd go with Dominic Cork. He, he would, he would do everything he possibly could before you know you, 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 to, you know surrender. He was unbelievable. It's funny. He's, funny. One, of them, he's, he's on. one of them that he, he, you'd love him in your team, but you'd hate to play against him. I reckon. <laughs> I'd be awful, or an, a total pain. And he was just like. You know, and he just never stops. You know, it'd be in the lunch break, and it'd still be going. You know, it's, still, it's like, oh my god, does he ever shut up? He just—it's just—he's just great. But he was brilliant. You're absolutely what you just said is exactly right. I, the thing is, I was his teammate for the best part of ten years, and he was brilliant. I loved it. He was amazing. It, it's funny that you mentioned competitive because I've literally got written down here how competitive was he. Because you said he picked on the big boys. About 10 years ago, I played a charity day, a six-a-side day, and Dominic Cork played. And um, mm. what, one of my mates hit him for six when he was bowling off two paces. He spent the next half yeah. hour off the full run-up, giving him absolutely loads in the middle of a charity day. <laughs> <laughs> absolute typical Corky. He, he just, just he was ridiculous, but he was... But he was inspirational. He really was, and um, you know that. The, yeah, he, he, I followed his career in many ways. You know, I was a Derbyshire. He was captain of Derbyshire. I followed him as captain of Derbyshire. Then he went to Lancashire. I came to Lancashire, and we. I love him to death. Genuinely, he's, he's got a heart. Goal. Oh, okay. uh, uh, on your team is brilliant to play against. Oh, it'd be awful. You just think, oh my god, we're in for four days of hell. Here. Um, <laughs> but that was part of his brilliance. But he didn't sledge you then, Jacko, did he? If he only sledged the good players. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would definitely, even in a charity day, I wasn't, I wasn't out there long enough. So, <laughs> but so at ten and eleven, you've already got all that bowling, and you've arguably got the best seamer ever and the best spinner ever coming up now. Definitely the best seamer. Yeah, Jimmy Anderson. Uh, I, you know, my time when I arrived at Langs, he had just, he was recovering from his back injury that a lot of people forget about, which was pretty serious. Yeah. And, um, and I, you know, my time at Langshaw with him, and then I managed him for the best part of 10 years. And, right. um, so I know him, um, you know, godfather to his kid, uh, one of his daughters, and, oh, wow. um, you know, I, I know him inside out and um, he is the greatest seamer that this country has ever produced he, he will go down as the, one of the greatest steamers that the world has ever seen um, and just an absolute master at his craft 
a lot of people would like because he's a good looking guy they they sort of th- think that it all comes naturally to him you know an easy outswing an easy inswing the wobble ball everything that comes with it and, it, and that's not, not true he, he has absolutely grafted his way to where he's at um, and his, the, his ability to look after his body and understand his body look after himself when he needed to in different ways his, his attitude to wanting to do well and to wanting to play was uh, peerless there's no, there was no, there's no one like him uh, you know honestly um, and I'm not saying that because of my personal relationship with him yeah. genuinely there's no one that gets near him and um, how long have you gone for know, yeah. yeah I mean he's even surprising me now because I thought <laughs> I thought last year's ashes would have, might have been the end but but you know, he got injured, and, and I don't think that's the way he wanted to finish. He loves playing. I mean, he absolutely loves bowling. It's, it's his whole essence, you know. And I, I think he that drives him forward. And I think he'll want to. And a guy with that I many that career needs to finish on the right in the right moment, you know. Yeah. yeah. The right stage, and he's not, he's not getting it this year either at the moment with with, with what's going on. And mm. um, but in, in the end, it will be injury, you know. And if the in- stack up and it just becomes impossible but just brilliant bowler I, I just the one thing I would just be a fielder all round catcher unbelievably good athlete but he, there have been many t- I, this is one story but I could give you countless where Jimmy didn't go on a tour to India one year because he had a shoulder injury yeah and uh, you know and in the previous India tour, when England had won two or three one, Dhoni had said Anderson was the difference between the two teams. In India, you know, Jimmy Anderson who bowls on green team, as they will say, in India, yeah. you know, he was the difference between the two teams. And on this tour, he, he was injured. He had this, you know, he's had a chronic shoulder injury and he didn't go to start with. He said, and England were really like, listen, just stay at home. You don't, you know, don't come and prove anything. Just um, get your shoulder right for, for next year. And Jimmy basically spent six weeks trying to convince them to take him, to pick him, you know, to, 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 get, go, to go along. And he was video, his video, this is a guy with, you know, 400 odd test wickets. You know, you'd think he's, he wouldn't be doing this, but yeah. he was, he made, he made me bat against him in the indoor nets at Old Trafford and he videoed it and he'd keep sending it to the England management. Look, I'm fit. I'm ready to go. You need to get me out there. You need to get me out. You need to get me out there. Wow. And they were, they were being, they were being cautious and, and you know what? He did go out there. He missed the first test and the second test he played. He, he bowled 35 overs in the first innings and got four for some, something, four for not many, having not played a competitive match for about 10 weeks. Wow. And I just watched, yeah, and I just watched at home go, oh, God, this guy is just another level. Mentality is just another level. Forget the skill factor. Just brilliant. Do you think that's what sets him apart from other world-class bowlers? Because they're all so naturally talented. But that desire, as you've just said, Desire, yeah, I do, and and mentality, yeah, and I mean, if you look at sort of you know a, a direct comparison with Stuart Broad, yeah, who's also a brilliant bowler, I I think where Jimmy edges is the mentality. You know, how many poor spells has Jimmy had in the last I don't know eight years? <laughs> you could probably count them on one hand, maybe, yeah, maybe on three fingers. He is so consistent, and that is because he just wants to do well. He doesn't switch off. He doesn't coast. He doesn't. He's always at it. He's always. He's also. There's a bit of Dominic Cork in there. You know, he's he's a competitor, big time, and run into trouble a few times with you know, 
uh, on the field clashes, but that's part of it. You know, he just he wants to turn up and do well all the time. Yeah, it's not, it, and it's not all good as well. I remember when I was a late, probably sixteen, seventeen. I did copy that red Mohican that he had at one stage. <laughs> Jesus, I know. I'm, I'm owning up to that right now. There's a, oh, that's all right. There's no photo evidence though. I don't think so. We'll be all right. <laughs> and last but not least, you've only picked one spinner, but you probably only need one spinner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Murley. Um, yeah, I, I I had a couple of seasons with Murley at Lancashire, and um, yeah, I mean, I someone asked me the other day, you know, what was it like to play professional cricket, and I and I was trying to explain that for for me personally, it was brilliant, but but I did find it like when I retired, I was I was glad it was kind of all, all over. I know that sounds mad, and people don't won't necessarily understand that. But it was just the kind of anxiety I held over what the day would bring. You know, yeah. would it be a good day? Would it be a bad day? I normally it would. You know, the number of perfect days you had in your career is so small. You know, it's always a bit better you can do, isn't there? You can do a bit more. And um, and Murali was like the exact opposite of that. He, he, for him, every day was Christmas Day. You know, he used to rock <laughs> up. He was the happiest man in the world to play cricket. He, he, he just, you know, had such a unique set of skills that he'd turn up and genuinely know that the chance of him getting four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or even all ten wickets was very high. <laughs> um, and he just loved playing as a result. He just loved it. He just wanted to play... Um, and uh, he just had this, you know, for deception um, and and for distance, he could spin the ball, but mainly deception, I would say. I was going to say, Luke, it was a hard to yeah. pick Really hard, yeah, yeah. I mean, the first game I played, I kept for, um, was at Worc- against Worcester at uh, Old Trafford, and he arrived the day before, and I kind of begged him to get some practice in. He was like, no, you'll be fine. <laughs> I'm not going to be fine. And then on the morning of the, 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 the game, I had like 15 minutes and I was just pure guesswork. Um, and then we went into the game and sure enough, I dropped about six catches on him. And he um, was, it, 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 it was very tiring to keep to because you, you, you couldn't switch off. You know, it, 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 you had to watch the back of the hand. It was all around the back of the hand and how far it came round, whether it was a deuce or not. But, you know, you'd, suddenly you'd be picking it really well and then all of a sudden the sun would go behind some clouds and you'd think, oh, my God, I, I can't pick it. <laughs> and you'd, you'd, go through, you'd go through 15, 20 minutes, so you'd have to kind of pick it offline, really. And then you'd suddenly start picking it up again. And um, But when you, could, when you could pick him, and, and I did, you know, in the end, I reckon I, got, I could pick him eight, eight out of ten, maybe. And um, That's pretty uh, good. You felt... Like you felt like Superman because you, you felt like you were you know you knew the batsman was going to struggle and you, it was like you knew the magic trick and um, <laughs> and it was brilliant um, and it was it was just a real honour to play with him it's just an, for for pure deception uh, there's no one like him unbelievable we, we we had a little look and he holds thirty one either world records or world firsts including most international ducks so I'm guessing there was no chance of him batting any higher than eleven. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, and he would win the world record for talking as well. That man did not stop talking. He's a really nice man and uh, a good teammate, legend at Lancashire, you know, and um, he, the world of cricket, will, he'll be up there for, for many, many years. I think he, the battle between him and Warren was 
and I, I played against Warren as well. And I think for presence and accuracy, Warren was probably better. Right, um, I was just going to ask you that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Warren, Warren was um, just, as, just as good, but in different ways. You know, he, he didn't have the variety and the deception that Murley had. But for pure presence and, and accuracy, he was he was amazing. And just sort of building pressure on someone, he was amazing. But really, it was, it was just that pure deception. He just didn't know which way the ball was spinning. I bet, bet Warren had some good chat as well when you played against him. <laughs> I, yeah, I did, he did. <laughs> he, he, my, might have been my seventh or eighth first class game was against Hampshire when I was at Derbyshire. And, um, uh, and I got picked to play as a batter. And, um, and I, in a couple of days running up to the game, I was like, oh my God, Shane Warren might play. <laughs> and um, uh, it, was right, it was in his pomp at that time. And, and then came into the game day and I'm like oh my god there's Shane Warne I could, I could see him across the other side of the field warming up and I was like oh my god he looks just like he does on telly and I was just <laughs> I was going through everything that you know you'd imagine anyone would, would in you know that situation I was completely starstruck and then we we lose a toss and we're batting and I was batting at five and suddenly we lose a couple of wickets and I'm like next in and then we lose another one and I'm in and I wander out to bat and I kind of saw out the, the seamers and Shane Warne starts warming up and um, I'm like oh my god but Shane Warne might actually bowl at me and I, and I was watching him warm up and I was like it just looks exactly like he does on telly <laughs> and then and then he um, he came on to bowl I was like oh my god Shane Warne is going to bowl at me this is mental Shane Warne is going to bowl at me and uh and then he's at the top of his mark doing the way he shines the ball and in that stance. I'm like, oh my God, he looks exactly like he does on telly. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> he runs up the ball and I'm like, it's just literally the action, bowls the ball. And I just, I forward defensive the ball like this and it just rolled straight down the wicket. And uh, he just followed down, like followed through, walked down and he picked the ball up <clears throat> and he came all the way down to me, <laughs> stood about half a yard from my face and he went what are you staring at <laughs> I suddenly realised that I'd obviously been staring at him for about half an hour because <laughs> I was like and everyone just started laughing all the enclosed fielders started laughing and he was like what are you staring at do you fancy me or something he said you haven't stopped looking at me for the last half an hour and um, I was just mortified um and uh, I had to get on with batting then, but yeah, that was set the tone for the verbal volley that he gave me after that. <laughs> that's great, and that's that's one hell of a team. We 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 thought, Steve, didn't we? That that whatever teams we get coming up, we've got one or two already. That that this was probably the strongest one we'd seen so far, didn't we? Yeah, well, not much of a fault there, is there? Um, who be your captain there, Luke? Um, oh, goodness. Uh, oh dear! It would definitely wouldn't be Malloy. <laughs> VVS, no. Just let him bat. Shiv, no. Let him bat. Stewie, maybe. I, I might, I might actually go for Michael Divinuto. Um, yeah, maybe Stewie Law or Michael Divinuto. I think Glenn Chappell's a good captain as well. But I always just liked him to, to be able to bowl. So yeah, maybe Stewie, Stewie or Michael Divinuto. That's uh, that's uh, yeah, that's pretty pretty good. It's great great for us, and hopefully 
anyone listening to get a little bit of an insight into that as well. Um, certainly very interesting, and I think that team would win plenty of games, so I think you'd be all right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. So yeah, so Luke, thanks, thanks so much for joining us, mate. It's been uh, it's been an absolutely brilliant chat. So th- thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me on, and good luck with it all. Yeah, cheers. Thanks very much, Luke. And yeah, as we said at the start, anybody, thanks for listening. And if you could just check out our website, www.academynorth.co.uk, and give us a follow on social media at Academy North One. I think that's everything, isn't it, Steve? Yeah, just thanks again, Luke. Thanks for your time. What a team, by the way. Good luck with the book. Back from the edge, guys. Go and buy it. Um, I just want to say to you two as well, well done on talking about all the issues you're going through as well. I think it's really important that people like you, obviously yourself, Luke, uh, highlight all the stuff that's going on with mental health and addiction and stuff like that. So, uh, big well done, mate. Yeah, cheers, Steve. Thank you. And uh, yeah, thanks again, Luke. And we'll be be back with with part three coming up very soon. So, thanks very much, guys. Cheers, guys. Bye.